Today's episode of Tyus and Tate is brought to you by Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, college basketball is back, Tate. Yes. The NBA Finals are going on. We're two (laughs) games in. If you're listening to this, Game 2 just happened last night. We're recording this before Game 2. But who cares, Tate? It's college basketball time. Not us. We don't care. Johnny Juzang (laughs) says he's coming back to college. Yes. (laughs) Max A. Smith, who famously torched Mm. Florida. Yes. Embarrassed Florida. Embarrassed Florida. Kind of embarrassed Arkansas, too. Embarrassed the entire SEC. Has decided he is coming back to Oral Roberts. Hunter yes. Dickinson is coming back to Michigan. Yes. Uh, EJ Liddell co- is coming EJ back Liddell to your school. EJ Liddell is back. Uh, huge win for college basketball. The, the, yes. the, the deadline, in case you missed it, to uh, was on the 7th. July 7th was the deadline for... Uh, making the decision whether you're going to stay in the NBA draft or come back to college. We have a lot of talent coming back, Tate. I am very excited about it. And it feels like mm. the people that love college basketball are excited about it, too. Yeah. And it's the you know, this is the season where we're talking about NIL. A lot of these guys like Hunter Dickinson, who you mentioned, said that played a part in his decision to come back. So kudos to him. Uh, I think it probably affects more players like Johnny Juzang. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to say, here's Johnny again. You know what I mean? And it's it's Johnny Juzang's year. It's UCLA's year. We got Pac-12 updates. It, it's great for West Coast basketball guys like you and I. Yes, absolutely. Also, uh, UNC landed a transfer that has uh, UNC, that has you you excited. Uh, Dawson Garcia from Marquette transferring to North Carolina Tate. True or false, you Googled him this morning after you saw the news that he was going to North Carolina. <laughs> no, I, I remembered him torching okay, us right, with Wojo. Right. Oh, so that's right. I, that's right. Marquette did beat North Carolina. Yeah, right. I, I, I was more just excited that like we took the best, the player that embarrassed Roy Williams who said, hey, wait a second. We want you to come play for us. So thank you, Dawson Garcia for making it right. I forgot the whole state of Wisconsin <laughs> embarrassed you guys last year. Yeah, <laughs> that's brutal. But, uh, but now we took their best players, so it's all even. There Thank you God. go. There you go. We're <laughs> going to talk about a lot of college basketball. We might hit the finals in a little bit. So maybe some draft stuff. Uh, mm. Talk about some of the guys that stayed in. Not not everyone is coming back to college basketball, but uh, there's a lot of stuff to hit. We'll do our best to get to all of it. But first, and Duke. As you teased at the top, Tate, uh, <laughs> I want to start the show by shouting out a true friend of the program, a man who has done a lot for us, um, a man who... <laughs> I'm already laughing because he's so good. <laughs> already laughing. A man who is going through it and uh, is is uh, just today was sentenced to two and a half years in prison in the state of Oregon, I believe. Um, for trying to extort Nike, a man by the name of Michael Avenatti, who gave the world the greatest two-word tweet of all time <laughs> when he tweeted simply, and Duke, dot, dot, dot. Yes. And uh, he uh, take me back to, what was this, 2019? This was 2019, right yes. on the heels of yes. uh, the Zion, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish season. 
or was it while it was going on? It was while it was happening. It was, yeah, but yeah. yes. <laughs> and Evanati, Stormy Daniels' lawyer. Uh, that's what I knew him as. But then also he starts. <laughs> he comes out of nowhere. It <laughs> starts. Uh, Starts chiming in about all the ongoing FBI involvement in college basketball. Says that Nike is paying people. Says that he's got the 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 receipts. He's he's going to release the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, the man tried to extort Nike, and he today was sentenced to two and a half years in prison. And uh, we just wanted to shout him out because he is a true friend of the program. He he followed me on Twitter. It scared the shit out of me when I got that notification. <laughs> <laughs> I get a dig on my phone that says Michael Avenatti is now following you. And I was like, oh boy. Um, but but we love it. He, he took a big swing at a time mm. when it was ballsy to do so. Uh, he ultimately, it was, I, I believe it, we, we would classify this as a swing and a miss. Yes. But we on this show like it when guys take big hacks. And uh, Mike, when you when you get out of prison, um, when hopefully hopefully it's not a full two and a half years. Hopefully we can find a way to... <laughs> to finagle this come on the show air your dirty laundry we will hash this out with you you are free to use use us as a forum to complete that tweet that and do dot 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 tweet please complete it (laughs) yes please the ellipses that you left uh left us with so many more questions not enough answers and as you mentioned beforehand he was trying to point out the corruption that nike uh is involved in in the world of college basketball a landscape that you and i love so much but avenatti was silenced uh you know by by the big corporations uh he was also Mm -hmm. he had one of the best quotes i've ever seen titus he said i've learned that all the fame and notoriety in the world is meaningless tv Mm -hmm. and twitter mean nothing Uh, again avenatti thought that he was going to be able to use his twitter platform uh his notoriety again as stormy daniels lawyer to take down nike to take down the dukes of the world and they looked at him and said lol uh we'll see you in court can can i say this is why i i i kind of feel bad for him uh number one zero nike execs to my knowledge have served a single second in prison which like that is the ultimate finesse that like avenatti tries to blackmail them it doesn't work not only does it not work uh they don't get busted meanwhile adidas guys are going to jail whatever happened yep. to those guys by the way like they, they, they appealed their sentences if i remember right and then the appeals didn't hold up are there are they in, are they in jail still like, there's no way I think it was like six month sentences. So I think if we did the timeline, by the time they that we, be out, right? yeah, I think they're out. It was like Merle Code, right? I think was the name. Yeah, James Gatto. Uh, yeah, exactly. So let's just Christian let's just Dawkins. say they're out. Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're out. Pro- but the point is, uh, Adidas guys go down. Avenatti mm-hmm. goes down. Nobody from Nike does. Um, it's 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 bullshit. I think if, if it, you're Michael it, yeah. Well, we should also say that you know if Nike, we we obviously have nothing against Nike. We know that they are a great company, and we would <laughs> yeah. never. Never say anything to harm them. So, <laughs> no, USA, of course maybe. not. It just uh, it, it, it shows you the hierarchy. It shows you why uh, UCLA was trying to get out of the Under Armour contract and, and get in bed with Nike because like, oh my god, Nike runs everything. <laughs> this is insane. Oh man. Um, yeah, Avenatti. Uh, I, I I like. What, what'd you say? He, he thought that Twitter and. Um, TV and all that would would save yeah. him, and ultimately did not. Yeah, he thought that he had a platform big enough, right, to to get the message out. And what happened was the message was out, 
And then, you know, those big powers that be heard that message and said, not so fast. We will see you in court. They took him to court. He gets sentenced two and a half years. He did bring up a great point in court. He said, I've had no damages. I have, I have no loss. These companies have taken no losses uh, because of what I've said. Um, and in fact, my entire operation as this high profile lawyer has gone to shit. Um, he did take full responsibility, uh, yes. something you and I respect on this program, yep. uh, first and foremost. So I did appreciate that. Uh, uh, he did not have uh, plausible deniability, though, and I think that was uh, the real issue in his case. He did not mm. have um, a way out. He, he took the blame. Guy. Yeah, he took the blame head on, and I think he thought that would endear himself to the court. And the court said, "Well, perfect. We'll see you in jail." As I said <laughs> with the uh, the Dino Gaudio situation, um, what is the difference between extortion and blackmail and leverage? Because mm. they all. I, th I think it depends on how you package it, right? And, yeah, um, it's kind of like jam or jelly. You know what I mean? I think it, <laughs> I think it's preference. Because <laughs> there there was a time where I believe that uh, you know having some information used to be called mm. leverage, and I guess it's not. I guess Michael Avenatti learned the hard way. That yeah, leverage and extortion are two very different things. Uh, but anyway, we, we should say he did make a name for himself, right? Like if I hear oh, Michael yeah. Avenatti, you know, I will. All, I almost remember him. Like I think at one point Stormy Daniels was thinking she was Monica Lewinsky. Like we're always going to remember that name. It's going to be referenced in every rap song, you know. That, yes. that you know for years to come. And I feel like Stormy Daniels has sort of you know gone by the wayside. But Avenatti in our universe, in has our universe, become, yeah, especially yes, yeah, yeah, has become a star. So He's, congratulations to him. He's a star. Um, all right, <laughs> should we get to uh, some of these decisions? Because yeah, uh, the real I, stars. I, I think I think the big one in college basketball, and you can you can correct me if I'm wrong, is Johnny Juzang coming yes. back um, mm -hmm. because. There, there was a world. He, he was a very interesting NBA prospect to begin with because I think if you watch the NCAA tournament, you say to yourself, "How is this guy not a lottery pick?" Given that he's, uh, he's making everything. Is that not the point of the game, Tate? Johnny Juzang <laughs> is making shots. You have to make shots to win any level. This basketball. man does not miss. Yes, he does not miss. He was, he was taking and making the most insane shots. It was an all-time heater. It was an NCAA tournament run, the likes of which I'm not going to say we've never seen, but we rarely see. The and and the ones that um, come to mind. When, when you try to stack him up against other people, they come to mind because they're so memorable. When you think of Carson Edwards or, or Kemba Walker, or in, insert whoever your favorite NCAA tournament And if you run. don't watch college basketball, you'd probably say Steph Curry Ste in that yeah. run. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's um, the one that everyone that never watched college basketball was like, oh man, I remember Steph Curry. You're I, like, remember Steph, I remember Steph <laughs> using that run to catapult himself into the draft that year. And you're like, no, 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 he came back. And yeah. their heads and they're exploded. Like, they're what? like, what? <laughs> <You're right. laughs> remember when Steph made the final four no never happened yeah and then yeah did he made the final four and then he went to the draft right mm -hmm. no no nope. <laughs> no he did not <laughs> nope um but Juzang goes on his insane run, Tate. And uh, like I said, if you're if you're watching every step of the way, you you might say to yourself, this guy's got to be a lottery pick. I mean, like, mm -hmm. what else? What else do you want out of a, a player? But then there was the part that was like part of part of what makes it so impressive is how many tough shots he was making. And I guess maybe that would give you pause if you're evaluating his game at the next level. You're like, why exactly is every jump shot Johnny Juzang's taking at the college level? Does he have a hand in his face? Yes, yeah, so why, difficult. <laughs> why yes. can this man not create separation? Mm -hmm. And uh, that became, as I thought about where he might end up in the draft, that became my big question mark is like, I think that might actually matter. At some point, that's going to have to matter, right? Like what? Cause I don't know, I guess like th this is, this is an absolutely horrible comparison and I'm not comparing the two of them as a player, but um, this is where my mind immediately went is kind of Jimmer. 
forget. Yeah. They're yeah. like Jimmer in college, you're like, the dude doesn't miss. He can make shots from anywhere. What how what, what else do you want? And then he gets to the NBA and just gets swallowed alive by defenders. You're like, oh <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. Gotcha. Um <laughs> so anyway, I didn't know I didn't know what Juzang was gonna do. I think most of us didn't. And the fact that he's coming back, uh what what kind of pro he will be, who the hell knows? We can figure that out next year. The fact is he's coming back and we know that he's an awesome college basketball player, and I'm very excited about that. I was sent a big board uh from a team that had their top sixty prospects. This is about two weeks ago, and they had Johnny Juzang as number forty-nine on that list. Wow! And I thought, and I thought that was, I, you know, that to me said, well, I assume that Johnny Juzang is going to come back because if an NBA team has this list and they have him here, you know, he obviously has the people that are going to give him that same feedback. He's going to come back. But as the deadline was creeping up, Titus, as you know, the deadline was at eleven o'clock p.m. and at ten fifty, Johnny Juzang was still waiting in the waters. As mm. we know, they're testing the water, so he's swimming. He's swimming around. He's having a good time. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, we're going to lose Johnny Juzang. We're going to lose the Pac-12 update. We're going to lose, you know, th- this this whole, you know, uh, you know, spurt of, of energy that's coming out of West Coast basketball. And at 1052, Johnny Juzang sent in, I'm back. Um, <laughs> he sent the facts in. He sent the facts in. And the world, I mean, I know for me, I just started smiling because I t- – this is going to be a hot take, but I think that Johnny Juzang is the second most important slash famous player in the city of Los Angeles. Obviously, LeBron James has, <laughs> has number one. He's number one. But I think number two is solidly Johnny Juzang. And I'm telling you, that Final Four run, it, it woke back you know, the powers that be in the UCLA world. It woke up Baron Davis. It woke up Earl Watson. It woke up you know, the king of Twitter, Josiah Johnson. Like All yes. the UCLA people, they, they were ready to roll after this Final Four run, but they needed Johnny to come back because yes. Johnny was the face of this team. Yes, the rest of the nucleus was coming back. Yes, they got a good transfer. They got a center that's coming in from Rutgers that's going to help them. Yeah, Miles Johnson on the front line. So the pieces that were were, were all there, Peyton Watson, the five-star who came on Titus and Tate and committed uh, to Mm -hmm. UCLA is coming in. Number one recruit in the country. Yeah, number one recruit in the country. According according to Titus and Tate. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And also playing right now in Latvia for the under-19 team, you know, beating Korea, South Korea by, you know, uh, 85 points so he's he's gonna be he's gonna I do be love inc- those by the way I love those graphics oh. that you follow USA basketball they're like I, our U19 team just won by 97 points You're like, I'm like what? please please show me the highlights like I don't even understand what this happens um, but all that's to say like UCLA like it, it, it was all setting up for this great turn uh, for the whole entire program Jordan Brand is coming in like you said at yep. the top of the show so it just it just needed Johnny. He was the last puzzle piece. And as soon as he decided to come back, I'm talking endorsement deals. I think Russell Westbrook Nissan needs to get in on this. You know, they're going to give him an endorsement deal. Um, Johnny is the face of Los Angeles basketball outside of LeBron James. And uh, I'm pretty... I'm pretty fired up about it because you and I need this. Uh, West Coast basketball needs this, and the Pac-12 update deserved this. So thank you, Johnny Juzang. I'm gonna I'm gonna defend you because when it came out of your mouth, I thought that's one of the dumber things you've said on the show, and that's I, saying something. I'm that's standing, saying something. I'm, I'm standing by it. I'm not but afraid. No, I'll, I'll defend you in uh, because I thought about it more. Like what uh, uh, to to the city of Los Angeles? Yes, is, is Johnny Juzang. He's obviously not more famous than Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Anthony Davis, but does he matter more to them? Yes. No. Like the city, the city of like, Los Angeles is not rallying around Paul George. 
or Anthony Davis. The, you're not of going course. to barbershops and hearing people talk about how much they love Anthony Davis. Or no, like, they yeah. hate him. They want to trade <laughs> him for Dave Lillard. <laughs> right, right. So I'll, I'll give that. To, I'll say this much. If you're talking head coaches, we, we've touched on this before. Who runs uh, the city of Los Angeles in terms of head coaches? Because I don't think I don't think people love Dave Roberts, do they? Like they should. No, no. no. I, th- I think they think that the Dodgers win in spite of him, not because of him. Yeah, I think, and, uh, and Dave Roberts is a Boston Red Sox guy because you know the, the, the yes. you know like what he did in the Yankees series. So like I feel like he has that cachet behind him, not Frank, really the Dodger cachet. Frank Vogel sure as hell is not the guy. No, uh, that, that's 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 Frank Vogel wins the uh, the the twenty twenty title, and I just picture the guy that you're not that guy, pal. I picture yeah. him going up to Frank as Frank Vogel's like, this city is mine. I picture yeah. that guy. Like, Phil, no, for Phil Frank, Handy, that guy. The, the assistant coach Phil Handy is more of the, like a, a face when you think of like the staff of the Los Angeles right. Lakers than Frank Vogel, for sure. Right. And when no you're doubt. and when you're LeBron's coach, you're never you're always like a bargaining chip to let or like an ace <laughs> up the sleeve, like some sort of maneuver is about to be played where you know what I mean? Like you're, yes. you're you always got the target on your back in mm-hmm. some way to where you're, you're you not, were the fall guy. You were, you're, you're waiting the to be the fall guy. Yes. Ty Lue, I think it's getting closer, but to, to being like, you know, the, the he's, he's the best coach, I would say, in yes. Los Angeles, but he's coaches for the Clippers. Nobody cares about the Clippers in this city. Exactly. So. That's that he doesn't count. So what I'm saying is uh, it's Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin's the guy. Uh, yes. It's not Andy Enfield because Andy Enfield purposely tries to live in the shadows <laughs> and not, he doesn't want any media attention. He doesn't want anybody to even know he's the head coach at USC. Andy Enfield just says shh to the yes. media every time yes. they come around. So it's Mick Cronin city. And uh, I, I will by by proxy, Johnny Juzang. Yes. UCLA's back. Cause that's what we're saying. We're yes. officially, I, I think Johnny Juzang coming back means UCLA is definitely back. And uh, Pat, Pac-12 basketball is back. Pac-12 dominated the NCAA tournament. Um, there was a slight concern that the the residual of that, the inertia from that, was going to die out over the summer, that the mm-hmm. season was going to start next year, and everybody was going to forget that the Pac-12 had the best NCAA tournament and actually plays great basketball. Yep. Um, and I don't, th- I don't think you can do that anymore. I don't think you can... Con- can deny UCLA because uh, Gonzaga, by the way, for a lot of people is going to be the number one team in the country entering the season. I, I expect him to be number one in the preseason poll. I think I would vote UCLA. I think I would. Mm. I, either way, the two best teams in college basketball entering next season are almost certainly going to be West Coast teams, are they not? they got to be UCLA and Gonzaga. I know Kansas is going to be good. Villanova will be good. Michigan yeah. fans are excited about their team. Um, but it's got to be UCLA and Gonzaga, right? Yeah, I was going to say Gonzaga is the de facto number one, especially, you know, what they did last year, uh, what they were supposed to do. The title game, you know, for some Gonzaga fans, they say uh, they're going to come back and get redemption. I kind of believe in that story arc, even though, um, you know, obviously you're going to miss Kispert, but, you know, you get Chet Holmgren, who's also playing on that under 19 team that's beating South Korea by 80 points. You believe in um, the you believe in the 81 82 arc with Dean Smith. I, with, I mean, with Mark Fee, or, right? or, like or, or the six or the sixteen seventeen arc, you know, with the North Carolina okay. team, or like what Virginia did. Like, I just believe in redemption, especially for the nucleus of guys to come back. And when Drew Timmy comes back, that that is enough of that team. Um, Mark Few obviously has the DNA of that program, right? Um, so I, I think Gonzaga is going to get the tip of the cap to be number one. But I think if you're if you're like Andy Katz and you're like us, and you saw Johnny Juzang, you you believe in the Johnny magic. Um, I, th- I think you should go by Johnny basketball, you know, just take that over, you know, 
Like, if you saw Johnny Basketball star in the NCAA tournament, there's no way that when he announces, you just don't get hyped up and say they're the number one team in the country. I know Andy Katz already bumped them up in his, you know, top 36, his, his power 36 for the offseason. So I think a lot of, you know, journalists in the world of college basketball are going to follow suit. I think that'll be good for Gonzaga, to be honest with you. If you're yeah, Gonzaga, you, you don't, don't want to be, yeah, you don't want to be number one. one. Yeah, yeah you, you'd rather be number two and have people, you know, the, the nobody believes in us team, as they like to say in the business uh you want to be that group and i think you know this is what ucla could do and if you're ucla and you're ranked preseason number one like hang the banner you know yes that, that's the start yes. that's the start yes. hang the banner hang hang the banner absolutely just hang the hang the <laughs> call your shot just hang the national championship banner right now hang the yes. 2022 yes. national championship pull san diego state just start <laughs> hanging banners <laughs> <laughs> just thinking now, I, I'm with you. I don't think Gonzaga should want to be number one. I think uh, if you're a Gonzaga fan and you hear me say, I want UCLA to be number one, I think you should be like, that's fine. I, yeah. I, I think last year you get upset about that. Every year before last year, you get upset about that if you believe that you have the best team and, and the media doesn't see it the way you see it, all that. Yeah. I, I think if you're a Gonzaga fan, you're, we don't care. Rank us 23rd. We don't care. What we're trying mm-hmm. to do is we, we want to win one game, as it turns out. We don't care about winning all the other games. We did yep. that last year. We won every game but one last year. <laughs> this year, all we care about is winning uh, the national title. Um, yeah, I, I, I all, all jokes aside about like us being in L.A. and, and hopping on the UCLA bandwagon hardcore, and obviously we're going to push Peyton Watts into the moon yes. next season. Uh, yes. That's, just be prepared for that, folks. Um, all of that aside, it is cool. Like it is, it is great for college basketball to have a guy like Johnny Juzang to, to have an awesome NCAA tournament and come back. It's obviously great for UCLA to be good uh, for a million different reasons. Number one, they've won the most national titles, obviously, but number two, it's a West Coast representation, um, which which does matter. And and I think that's that's exciting to have two teams on the West Coast. They're going to be so good next year. And and um, yeah, and and last year. That was kind of the thing last year was like even even last year we were talking about it a lot like the Pac-12 update uh you know, the Pac-12 wasn't awesome throughout the regular season, but Gonzaga was all, and, and as the NCAA tournament started progressing, we, we noticed the Pac-12, we noticed that all the teams basically east of the Mississippi River sucked ass, and yep. it became like, if not the Pac-12, it was the middle of the country. Um, mm-hmm. And that's great for college basketball because, you know, most of the schools are on the East Coast and we understand that, but we want this to be a true national championship, Tate. We don't want to be yeah. college football where it's like, who's the best SEC team? Here, <laughs> yeah, take the title. <laughs> yeah we, we don't want regional championships. We want no. national championships. And I think, you know, that is a good spot to be in. And, and USC, they get Isaiah Mobley back. Obviously, mm-hmm. Evan Mobley is going to be a top five pick, so he's going to stay in the draft, but his brother comes back. So they're going to be formidable at some level. Oregon's always going to be formidable at some level. Arizona, I'm excited excited to see what the new era post Sean yep. Miller looks like. I think that's going to be very interesting. Obviously going to have some Gonzaga DNA there. So in general, Marcus the Bagley's pack, back to Arizona Marcus, state, by the way, Robert, just can we talk about Robert Sachs? I mean, cause this was yes. another, I mean, Marcus Bagley, like I, I got that top 60 list. Marcus Bagley, I think was ahead of Johnny Juzang. I, I would have to look at it, but I'm pretty sure he was ahead of like 44, 45, something like that. So when he decided to come back, uh, he made an announcement that he was going to come back to college basketball, but he was going to enter the transfer portal. Yep. And then not some two hours later, Robert Sachs, a.k.a. Bobby Hurley, said, not so fast. You're coming back here. Mm-hmm. You're going to play for me again because you only played in 11 games last year. So Marcus Bagley, Bobby Hurley, uh, Arizona State's definitely throwing their hat in the ring. We, we were very disappointed last year, obviously, but... The, the Pac-12 is back. That's all we have to say. Uh, Bobby Sachs, or Robert Sachs, I'm sorry, he needed this badly <laughs> because uh, Remy Martin transferred to Kansas. Alonzo yep. Verge transferred to Nebraska. Um, the, the, the empire was 
semi-crumbling. Insert yes. the name, image, likeness era. And mm -hmm. he, he gets Marcus Bagley to flip. I am curious how much, I, I know you, you mentioned at the top, Hunter Dickinson, uh, who's, who's back in Michigan, had said that in, in his, uh, he, he makes his announcement, he's doing the rounds with the interviews, and he mentioned that uh, name, image, likeness did play a part in him, his coming back. I do wonder how much um, that, that factored into a lot of the, these guys' decision. Obviously, draft stock is the number one thing, I think. Yes. You know, there's no one that was like a top, top 10 pick that said, I want to come back because I could do car dealership commercials and, and I, th I think like I've, i want that more than i want to be a top 10 pick in the nba draft yeah. um but it th I, th this is where to me moving forward name image likeness is going to have such a huge impact is is guys like johnny juzang and hunter dickinson and ej liddell who may or may not be drafted probably not in the first round um it's certainly not in the case of Dickinson and Liddell. I don't think they were ever going first round. But Johnny Juzang maybe was a fringe first round. Set. Who knows? Uh, you, you can previously you would look at this Tate and you would say, "All right, so I'm going to put my name in the draft. If if I don't get drafted, if I don't get on a team, whatever, whatever it takes. Like I'm going to sign a professional contract somewhere. I'm going to start making money. I'm going to yep. sign with this agency that's going to float me some cash and I can buy a car and take care of my family and X Y Z. And even if I end up in Europe, I'm going to be making." Two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year, whatever it is, that's a ton of money to, to from, from from where I grew up. Um, yeah, for, for a ton of money for anybody, really. Uh, so it might not be millions and millions of dollars that you think you'd, you'd get if you're a top ten pick, <laughs> but you're like, screw it, I have to do it. That's worst case scenario is I end up in Europe and I make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now with name, image, likeness, those guys don't have the choice of like weighing draft stock, money. Does money go back to school, make a little money on the side? improve your draft stock and at the end of the day if, if you don't improve your draft stock you still end up in europe and you made some money along the way you know and i think i think that's what is is going to happen moving forward is we're going to see a lot of these fringe guys come back and i'm excited about that because it's great for our sport yeah and name image likeness is all about your brand you know that's what all these kids have been talking about since you know 2008 every every kid wants to build their own brand build their own brand you know and by coming back to school in some of these cases like an ej liddell or johnny juzang or hunter dickinson you've you've garnered so much you know favor from those fans from that fan base you yes. and i talk about this all the time and when you have these michigan fans who are everywhere in the world and they have your back for life if you're hunter dickinson right like they, they they take so much pride in the fact that you wanted to come back and play even if you're saying hey i'm coming back because of name image likeness that played a big factor in it regardless they're going to take that as hey this kid wants to come back and play for our school yes. i love him i want to, i want to see him succeed i want to be a part of his success you're helping build your brand and you're also going to be able to make money on the side too so it's a win-win and i will say this if you are the overtime league or one of these other million leagues that got announced before nil pass yep. it's probably not the best time you you're know you're, your pants yes 100 percent. 100 because like you said like basketball for 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 players now and especially in the player empowerment era of the nba um there if you care about your brand you no longer have there's one way to get a built-in audience for yourself yes and it's to play college basketball and get people that will follow you to the ends of the earth no matter where you're playing they will watch your games they will buy your shoes they will sell whatever the hell it is you're trying to sell them um that's not necessarily the case in the nba even when you when you get if hunter dickinson gets drafted in the second round by the sacramento kings and he's on a two-way contract and he spends like six years 
going back and forth with the Kings and then gets traded to Oklahoma city and then bounces around in the NBA, like has like four years and then like whatever, he doesn't have a built in audience. The, the people that are going to buy his shit and like be all about Hunter Dickinson are going to be the Michigan fans. Absolutely. And that's, they, they will be that way forever. And uh, yeah, so that's, you're absolutely right. I think like that's something that should be pointed out and, 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 and is absolutely not the case with all these overtime. And what are the other ones? The G league overtime. Wasn't there a third one? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think so. One. I think there was like a, a, a co- like a, not college bat, but like it was like they called it like the Super League or something like. But yeah. it wasn't the Super League, but it was something like in that same vein. But regardless, I mean, the G League already had their number one advocate, Jalen Green, who is you know some people have said maybe the number one pick. He basically said he wished he played college basketball. Yes. So you get, so you got one one of the most prominent figures in that space saying, "Hey, I wish I would have done that." And also in the college basketball NIL era, you have uh, Master Peace on. I'm sure you saw this, Hersey Miller, who's going to play at an HBCU. He signed a two million dollar deal now. There's a lot of people that are saying there could be some chicanery behind this. How much mm-hmm. did Master P put up in this $2 million to get Hersey this $2 million deal? Who cares? Regardless, Who cares? The, the headline speaks for itself. And every single other kid that sees that, that's 16, 17, 18 years old, and all the people around them, their AAU coaches, their family, they say, hey, there's money to be made here by going to play college basketball. And there's an understanding that if you really do want to build your brand, you can go to these universities. They have these loyal fans that are going to love these schools forever. And they're in turn going to love you forever. If you go there Yes, (laughs) and if you leave on good terms, which you can now, because you're not for your hand isn't forced. And that was the problem beforehand. You had to leave early because your hand was forced. I think most, most guys, when they think about building a brand, they, they believe that, uh, I, th- I think if you're a certain talent, uh, a certain caliber of talent, a LeBron James, a Kevin Durant, yes. a Zion Williamson, you don't necessarily need uh, a, a build-in. You, you can, a, a Kobe no matter, Bryant, a Kevin Kobe Garnett. Bryant. If yes. you're of that ilk, you can build your brand a million different ways. It doesn't matter. You could, you could mm-hmm. be. It doesn't matter what NBA team you're drafted by. It doesn't matter if you go to college or not. You're going to be fine. And I think the mistake that a lot of guys make is assuming that because those guys can do it, I could also do it. And that is not the case. And for most guys, if, if you want people to care about you, you have to, you have to be smart about it and figure it out. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's an easy way to do it is go to college, get all these inherit the fan base. Um, yes. Yes. You th- in the same in the same way that colleges have been using you or using these players of this talent, use them. You know what I mean? Like t- take yes. their fans, take take it away from them. And uh, and it's a win win. And in, in most of these situations, you know, a great example of this is uh, a guy who was just on our show named Greg Oden, who mm. lives in Columbus, Ohio, lived was was born in Buffalo, moved to Indiana spent like he, he spent how he spent less than a calendar year in Columbus, Ohio and yep. is like playing basketball, went to Portland, ended up in Miami for a year or two, whatever it was. I, I forget. I think it was just a year. Wasn't it? Um, yeah, I think it was just 2014. Yeah. Spent some time in China playing. Anyway, point is Greg Oden lives in Columbus, Ohio. And you know why he lives in Columbus, Ohio Tate? Because he's beloved there. That is the one spot <laughs> yes. in this world that when Greg Oden walks out of his front he's door, the people's everyone, champ. Yes. Yeah. Everybody loves the guy. He's, he's like, dude, we, we remember what you did the one year uh, at Ohio state and we love you for it. And, I don't think that that's like, I, I think if you're smart about this, I then that's the, the same thing is in effect for all of these guys. And yeah, you know, 
I mean, Tyler Hansbrough. I mean, Tyler Hansbrough in North Carolina, I mean, he plays four years. He beats Duke four times in Cameron Indoor. He goes and plays, you know, for the Pacers, plays for the Hornets, bounces around the NBA, goes to China, you know, missed our show because he had to go play in China again. But that's right. he always stays in Chapel Hill. And that's and that's kind of, I mean, that is the story. And you can have that story. And, uh, and you can make the most of it. And it's nice to have the safety net. I mean, why not have the safety net? Johnny Juzang has the safety net. Uh, Hunter Dickinson has the safety net. EJ Liddell back. Who, who else do we have to go through? Max Aismas back at Oral Roberts. I'm mm. really upset uh, Kevin O'Banner is not, not he's, he's transferring. It's not my decision to be made. Like, I always have to preface with that. Like, I don't think the kid should make his decisions based on, <laughs> on my own entertainment. <laughs> But yeah. man, that would have been so sick to have those two guys go back to War Roberts and just wreck shit together this year. Yeah, I was gonna say they're they're, they're a top twenty five team if he goes back to War Roberts. You would assume. Um, yeah. But the good news is that I've heard that Kevin O'Banner is visiting Chapel Hill. So uh, you oh, know, no. fingers fingers oh, crossed. No. That's that's uh, no no, <laughs> dude. That is brutal for the show. I can't do that. I can't do it. <laughs> that's that's what I want. Like I, I can't I, have honestly, you. I'm not gonna wood right now because I'm I don't want to jinx it. But yeah, I would. Um, I, I hope he listens to the show and he knows that, that that's the comedy of it all. I can't have you with the rock hard O'Banner over there. <laughs> just, right. just get excited. I, 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 I just that's have to good. say, I love the Hubert Davis, right? The, the big knock on North Carolina when they lost Walker Kessler and Roy Williams, the big knock on him was that he didn't love stretch fours and stretch fives. You know, he, he's not going to have these big man shoot threes. And then Hubert Davis takes over the team. He's like, I'm getting Brady Manick, uh, a stretch yeah. four, stretch five. Uh, I'm going to get Dawson Garcia, a stretch four, stretch five. I'm going to get Kevin O'Banner, you know, who's going to be a stretch four. <laughs> like, I love it. Carolina basketball is totally different now. Yeah. Are you worried about that? Are you worried about no, identity I'm, crisis? I am, I am so excited, Titus. I honestly, I had, you know, I had told you this. I had turned into a football. We were a football school. Mm -hmm. So I, I had, I had turned I wish, all. There's nothing I wish more than we had cameras on you at all times when the, the <laughs> Hubert Davis hire was announced and like that 48 hour window between the Hubert being hired and Tate yeah. like just wrestling with it and calling various people and how should I feel about mm. this and what. Mm. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I mean, so, you were in and out and back in, back out. And then I finally got the call and they said Jordan Jordan supports it and I was like, okay. okay. I was like, all right. I, all right. Let's everyone take it. Let's everyone take a deep breath here. Everything's okay. Um and he's doing great on the recruiting trail and I do I mean there, there could be some more uh on the way. Like I said, O'Banner uh may come visit North Carolina or is expected to visit North Carolina. So, um and and some more five stars in the future. I, the the real question I have to you, Titus, I, I'll, I'll get away from North Carolina so people can you know stop worrying about the homerism. What what is Coach K doing in this mm. new era? You know what I mean. In the world of guys coming back, I know Jalen Johnson opted out of the season last year. I think he opted out of his Hornets workout the other day uh, when they asked him to go do some dribbling drills. He was like, I no, I. I Did he really? I, no, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, but I assume I, I, exactly. I was like, wow. <laughs> See, uh, that's your brand. That's your yeah, brand. That's you're, the, brand. You're, you're the opt out guy. I opt out. Uh, <laughs> but what, what is Coach K doing? Because there's so many players on the market right now, and I don't feel like Duke is making a play for any of them. And, and I find K that very is, surprising. I like to picture Coach K just driving around Durham right now in a convertible. <laughs> 
and he's just waving. He's just like going five. <laughs> like he's it, he's got his own personal parade. It's a one car yes. parade, and he's just yes. waving at everyone on the street. Uh-huh. <laughs> and everyone's just kind of looking at him like, "What?" And that's what he's just gonna do for the for the next year is just and, wave and at everybody. And there's a guy with the sign that just says, "Clap now." <laughs> Applaud now. John Shire's running behind him, holding up a sign. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he won't even let him in the car. He's just got to run beside him. Um, no, it's a great question. I don't know. I don't think Duke's going to be as good as uh, I, I think people want Duke to be this year. And mm. I, I, I don't know because like my my read on college basketball, I think I think the worm is turned, Tate. And I think if you are going into a season looking at a a great recruiting class as the thing that's going to push you over the top. Um, I, I, I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't think you can say like, we're bringing in three, five stars and that makes us one of the teams to beat. I mean, they, they could be good. They could not be good, but I think like we we have enough data on this at this point, right? That like, yep. th- that doesn't mean shit anymore. And I think that the thing that people are getting excited about is the transfer market. I think when, when guys, it's, it's, it's getting guys back from the draft and landing big name transfers and you do those two things. That works for me. That that gets yeah. me excited because I know who those guys are, and I think we've yeah. seen too many times of five stars showing up. All five stars are not equal. That's what I've no. learned in the last <laughs> ten years. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> in the last fifteen years, or however long we've been we've been paying attention <laughs> to the one and done game of uh, teams trying to build national title teams overnight using a uh, freshman. All five stars are not equal, and I don't know the Duke's the Duke recruits could be pretty good. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I don't think they're going to be any better than the 2019 team. And the 2019 team, the 2019 team didn't even make the Final Four. So um, I don't know. Duke will be fine, I'm sure. I'm sure they're going to be better than last year, but I, I, they're not moving the needle for me. Are they for no. you? No, because if you look at the other blue bloods, and I, and you know, I'm trying to stick to the blue bloods. If you look at Kansas, like you mentioned, Remy Martin, Kansas. I mean, and then Agbaji decides to to return. Mm-hmm. That's another name that Jaylen we should bring Wilson's up. Jalen Wilson's back too. Jalen yeah. Wilson's back. I mean, Kansas is too deep of uh, five stars, pretty much at every position, and that's insane. So Kansas has obviously been able to finesse the test the waters transfer market. They've done a great job. Kentucky is another team that you have to look at. I mean, we mentioned Kofi Coburn. Uh, I would be shocked if he's not going to Kentucky. I have no inside sources on this, but I mean, but you see where it's going. It's just like, yeah, yeah, they're just, they're just times in this business where you just kind of, you're just like, I, I've seen this movie before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and and they're, they're playing the game. They're winning the game. North Carolina, Brady Manick, Dawson Garcia, potentially O'Banner. I mean, they're obviously playing this game and and going all in and making it work and, and getting these guys that are, you know, top flight players already in college basketball. So that's why I, find duke so interesting because they see you mentioned identity they, they crisis got Theo john right from, yes. from marquette that was like exactly their big, yeah that's their that's big it. Uh, that's pretty much it that's, that's their then, big so I'm, I'm waiting to see what the plan is and i and maybe there's a splash to come because I, I assume that they're trying to uh figure out what it looks like but all the other blue bloods have it figured out and ucla they had they needed a five man they got their five man they needed juzane to come back they got juzane to come back they have a five-star recruit coming in and you know they 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 have it figured out so in the world of blue bloods in this new world of college basketball it's all W's. And I know we've had a lot of friends of the program point that out to us that it's, it's a good day to be a blue blood. And they really have figured it out. But Duke is really the pariah in, in the anomaly in this group. And I find that very interesting because Coach K is one foot out the door. And so what is that brand? What is that? What does it look like? What does that basketball brand look like moving forward? Do you think there's a chance Coach K opts out of this season halfway through? <laughs> <laughs> he just retires I, early. 
I have I have a sneaking suspicion that Coach K, like we've always, you know, he's taken the D off the chest before. We know that the D matters more than the name on the back of the jersey, unless it's Coach K's name, because then that name matters everywhere. It has to be Shosheskyville, like throw it up everywhere. That's the most important name. And I do think there's a chance that he's okay to be bad as long as he is the, the only story, right? Because if Duke has, a, like you mentioned 2019, if they have a Zion, Cam Reddish, you know, RJ Barrett yeah. type team, those are are the talking points, not right. Coach K. Right. So if he, if he has a mediocre team and they are, you know, trying to make the tournament and he's doing this great coaching job, even though he has five five stars starting for him, but he's doing this amazing coaching job getting these guys into the tournament. He is more of the story. And I think there's a chance that's why they're not the transfer portal. There's a chance that's why they're not trying to add any more pieces because they're okay to build a 2010 Duke roster that somehow gets in the tournament and somehow makes a run. And that would be ideal for Coach K and I, I think that's a great story as well. I think you're absolutely right. I think Coach K is going back to his roots of yes. being the underdog. <laughs> yes. Uh, Scrappy. Being, <laughs> having a team full of guys that um, I don't know what, what Duke basketball used to be. Maybe that's what it is. He's just bringing yeah. a full circle. This is the 1986 class all over again. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> Paulo Banchero. No, no one thinks we belong here. Yeah, Paulo Banchero. AJ Griffin. <laughs> Dude, I see. I just pulled it up. Uh, Parrish as Duke in, in his his way too early. What does he call it? The, the N125? Yeah. 25 and one, I think. One. Yeah. He's got Duke at six. Does he really? Yeah. That, that seems, again, That's like, it, that, 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 I don't know. I mean, I that know, just maybe seems Gary like knows he, something I don't know, but uh, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at notable players expected return: Wendell Moore, Jeremy Roach, Mark Williams, Joey Baker. That's who you're bringing back, and then you're yeah. adding Paolo Benchero, AJ Griffin, Trevor Keels, Theo John, and Jalen Blakes. I mean, Mark Will, Williams and Roach. I, I I agree. I think they're they're pretty perfect. They're pretty prime for, but they're not. You know, I think they're, they're going to be. I think they're going to make the NCAA tournament. Tate. Of I course, did. yeah, I think so. But, but I, I don't think they're a one seed. That's what, what? I'm saying. Yeah, 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 that, that, yeah. That's what's that's what's shocking to me because I thought like the way that Kentucky and Kansas and now even Carolina are trying to stack the deck. I thought Duke would be stacking I did the too. deck. I thought K would go really hard on the recruiting trail, the, the transfer market with like yes. this is my last. This, this is your last chance. If you want to be in the brotherhood, this is your last chance. If you want to be in Coach K's family forever, yes, this, this is the is time. It. This is yeah. it. <laughs> and, and, and he's almost like negative recruiting with about Shire. He's like, because yeah. I'm telling you, everything's he's gonna like, get fucked up next year. He's like, so in the meantime, he's like, like <laughs> <laughs> that's what I saw him doing, and he didn't do it. I think you're right. He's just, I think he's. That's why I, I, I really think he's just going around Durham, just like waving at everybody and kissing yeah. babies and saying like, thank you for all the support throughout the years. And I need, the, I need the Photoshop of Coach K on the cover of Michael Jackson's "This Is It," and I need Coach K's <laughs> face on it. That's what I want. That would be uh, good. Other decisions, I guess we could hit on. Uh, Champagne coming back to St. John. Mm. His uh, Julian Champagne. Justin. Yes. The just, Justin's gone, right? He's Justin's staying in the yeah. draft. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He's, he's definitely gone. I, I he might so. be a first round pick, by the way. He, he's yeah. gotten some good, uh, some good, and certain teams really like him. So I think he's uh, a, he has a late first round potential. Scotty Pippen Jr. coming back to Vanderbilt. Yep. That has to make you excited if you're a Vanderbilt fan. Um, and few, <laughs> Not few, things, few things do these days. <laughs> Let me just say, I hope Scotty Pippen Sr. is at his games. We need we need him commentating. Oh, yeah. That's, yes. 
That's good for college basketball. Scotty Pippen Sr. just goes live on Instagram during every Vanderbilt <laughs> <laughs> game. It just talks back about Jerry Stackhouse. I was going to say, time. there's a chance that Jerry Stackhouse and him get in a fight next season, so we got to keep an eye on that. That'll be good. Uh, Terrence Shannon back at Texas Tech. That's yep. another decision that was made. Uh, Kofi Coburn, who we talked about last show, he he is uh, another big name we should mention. As uh, He's in the transfer portal, though, but also... He's not necessarily leaving Illinois. I find that fascinating that he yeah. that that's being floated out there that he might come back to Illinois. I wonder why he's doing that. I wonder why that that is put out into the ether because all you're really doing is is giving Illinois fans hope, and we yeah. all know where this is headed. This and is I just Cliff don't, Alexander. I yes, don't like it. I don't understand why you're doing this, Kofi. I think you should squash those ribs. Just be like, I'm definitely not going back to Illinois. I just don't know where I'm going yet because Illinois fans are slowly talking themselves into something has to go right for us. And this offseason, yeah, and I don't think it works that way. I'm going to go ahead and say this. I have no I, I'm going to throw Kansas into the ring for Kofi Coburn. You know what I mean? I just feel like Kansas right now. Bill Self is building literally a super team. You know, like yep. we joke about the super teams and NBA basketball and how lame they are. I think Bill Self is taking that model and he's like, just give me all the top players that have Adidas affiliations, send them to Lawrence, Kansas, and then I will figure out who plays from there. Um, so uh, Kofi Coburn, it, this is brand. This is the brand thing again. Like this is bad for your brand, Kofi. If you are going to go back to Illinois, never float that you're going to be in the transfer portal. You know what I mean? Don't even let that be a story. Even if you do look at it or you put your name into it, keep it all in the hush-hush because now Illinois fans, like I saw uh, Stephen Bardo, who's obviously flying a line alum and, you know, it knows the program well. You know, he was talking about Kobe Coburn having some issues with the way fans had treated him. You know, mm. the, I mean, talk about the online vitriol that that guy had to read after losing to Loyola. I, I felt horrible for him. So that plays a part in it as well and then those same fans are now saying bad stuff about him again because he's in the transfer portal so you don't endear yourself to the guy to want to come back there mm -hmm. even if he did want to come back there obviously his assistants that recruited him antigua is down to kentucky now so it's a mess I, I i feel for kofi coburn because i think he's a real talent and he almost is in a very sticky situation because it's damned if you do damned if you don't kind of now I, I would go to Kansas, too, if I was him. I think he's going to end up at Kentucky because that's the, the coaches he loves are there. And, um, yeah, the, it, it, that just makes too much sense. Yeah. But Bill Self will feed that man the ball. Over Every single time. He should just put in a tape of Azabuke and you should be like, look at what look what yes. I did for this guy. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? I just I just gave him the ball every time he was in the game, you know, and then you can you can run it back for every single team. I mean, if you're stereotyping the difference between Bill Self and, and Calipari, how they use their big men, um, I, I, if I was a big man, I would much rather play for Self, obviously, right? I Absolutely. Mean, Especially but, with Roy Williams gone. I mean, that Self is like an old school inside out, legit. Like, I am going to put you on the block and feed you. Yeah. Which is... Just, but he's, he's probably going to go, go to Calipari. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Uh, uh, finally, the last one on my list I wanted to, to, to bring up uh, because this, this makes me so excited to say it. Marcus Carr is out of the Big Ten, Tate. He, he, he is not going to the NBA. He's decided he's coming back to college, but he put his name in the transfer portal. He will not be back in Minnesota, so I do not have to worry about this man anymore, which is a long way of saying Marcus Carr is almost certainly going to transfer to Louisville and beat Ohio State in the NCAA tournament this year. Mm. <laughs> I think that's where we're headed. Mm. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, it, all signs seem to be pointing to Louisville. Our, our buddy Mike Rutherford is getting titillated over the idea of Marcus Carr going to Louisville. 
And um, I, I, you know, Louisville is a fan base. It is a program that nothing but good things happen to them. So uh, what can possibly go wrong? <laughs> I think I think it's 100% a done deal. Marcus Carter, Louisville. Lock it I, in. Uh, let's just hope that Chris Mack comes out and says this is the easiest recruitment of his life. <laughs> <laughs> then we know good things are coming. Um, all right. So with, with these decisions in mind, let, let's uh, wrap it up. We'll take a break. But before we do... Uh, wrap it up with uh your your or, uh, it's not way too early anymore i don't think it's a way too early top 25 i think it's a mm. still definitely too early but not too too early still still early but we're excited to talk about college basketball so let's talk about it top 25 yeah who yeah. Uh, or top five <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i was gonna say i was uh, like i was like is this the bill simmons where we're gonna update the pyramid every single show <laughs> uh, i can't do that uh all right Top 25. Uh, let's think. My my number one team, I mean, I'm going to be biased here. Uh, I'm going to go with Kansas as my number one team. Whoa, uh, okay. See, I, I let I them all this straight. Is great. They, this see, is they, great. They, they thought it was going to be UCLA, but I think I'm going to go Kansas here uh, because I do like that they have the veterans. I like that Bill Self is stacking the deck. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Jalen Wilson. I think that he has a lot of potential. And Akbaji is one of my favorite players. Like, I believe in Akbaji's ability to take that defensive acumen and turning it turn it into offensive prowess i really do i know a lot of people maybe don't believe in him at this point or think that you know he's you know he's not quite that guy but i do believe in him so Kansas is my number one team my number two team is gonzaga at a firm firm number two there chad holmgren i've watched him play with under 19 team and by watching him play i've seen the highlights he seems mm-hmm. to shoot a lot of threes mm-hmm. uh he rim protects uh these are all good things but i think drew timmy is obviously as you and i know the real star of that team so i think timmy can take them there number three is johnny juzang uh that's <laughs> That's all you need to know. I mean, it's it's not even a it, it's Johnny Juzang. Number four and Peyton is Watson. the rest of UCLA. Number three is Johnny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number four, uh, as I run through my list, I'm gonna have to say Villanova. I think Villanova okay. probably will be you know in that top three, but you know I'm gonna put them at four now just for the uh, you know for the fun of it all. And number five, I mean, it's a rotating cast there for me that could really be at number five, but. I'm going to do it, Titus, because I am a homer at heart. I'm going to put North Carolina up there. I'm putting North Carolina at number five because let me just say, Caleb Love is an NBA point guard. Armando Baycott should be playing in the NBA. Uh, Brady Manick is a really, really nice piece. I think that they added Dawson Garcia on the front line. Got a lot of depth uh, on the front line. I know Hubert Davis, first-time head coach, but he, he learned a lot. He learned from the best. He learned from Roy Williams. So I'm putting North Carolina number five, and I don't care who knows. I don't care who it's knows. It's good so, to have Homer Tate back. That, it's good that's to have you back. You've been, that's you've my, been missing. That's my top five. That's my top five. You've been missing for a while, and it's good to have you back. Because it makes the show better when the, that I believe is, that is the peak of the show is when you and I both believe in our teams and then they yeah. rip our hearts out. That exactly. is exactly when when you're going yeah. into a season you're like I think we suck. That's not as fun. And look, I, I mean I, Michigan I fans, believe. look, Michigan should be number five, right? But I, yeah. I have kicked them out because I will put in my team and I like North okay. Carolina at number. Well, five. if anyone has a problem with it, just tell them it's it's still early. That's that's how you do it with these rankings. <laughs> like a lot can change, and and then they're like, no, actually it can't. All the rosters no. are locked in. And you're like, yeah, I actually, but still, I actually update my rankings. Rankings every six weeks or so, so I'll be sure putting them up and let you guys see them. So, <laughs> I saw Ross. Speaking of like fluctuating rankings, I saw Ross had Ohio State like right out of the gate, um, right after the season did. I think he had Ohio State at number four in his way too early rankings. <laughs> 
And I forget where they're at now, but like, because Dwayne didn't come back, they have absolutely sunk like a rock. <laughs> because Dwayne Washington's not coming back. Yeah, they're out like, the listen, top I, now. I love Dwayne Washington. I, I think Dwayne Washington is a great basketball player, but Dwayne Washington is not worth like 28 mm. spots on our rankings. So if you thought Ohio State was four and you lose Dwayne Washington, I'm moving him to like eight. <laughs> I'm not moving him to like 94. Um, but anyway, uh, I got. <laughs> Put, put me down number one UCLA. Uh, I I just have to buy in. I think I think it's great for our show. If, yeah, if, I think if, so too. If I truly just buy in all the way and believe that UCLA is going to be the best team during the season, I think number two uh, has to be Duke. Um, <laughs> no, wait, what? Uh, number two, team Duke. There, <laughs> I, I I think it's going to be UCLA Gonzaga. I think those are going to be the two best teams entering the season. Um, I like Can- it. Kansas is not far behind though. I, that, mm-hmm. That's my top three in some order. I I, yeah. I think shake those up and, and then after that at number four I think I have the entire Big Ten. Yeah, just every every team in the Big Ten. Per, I should say Purdue Purdue was right there on the cusp of five. I want to put Purdue in the top five, but that just seems unfair to them because it's too much hype. So Purdue's like six seven range for me. So they're right on the outside. So that represents the Big Ten. So that that yeah. works. No, every every team in the Big Ten except Minnesota is what I meant. <laughs> so one is UCLA, two is Gonzaga, three is Kansas. Four is the 13 Big Ten. Four through 16 is the 13 Big Ten teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, At number 17 is Xavier, obviously. Uh, <laughs> 18 Cincinnati. 18 Cincinnati. Um, See, we're back. We're getting. We're, every, everyone's said college basketball is going to change forever. We we've honestly dude, found the form basketball, again. Basketball. I just want to point out, not to go full, uh, not, not to make it sound like I'm I'm auditioning for Outkick here, but uh, college basketball, our national title game. Did you see the ratings for game one of the NBA Finals? The, yeah. the, the 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 Baylor Gonzaga game was one of the worst rated national title games in the history of college basketball. It was it yep. was horrible. They played the entire tournament in Indianapolis. There were very few fans. It was it, it was a bizarre season. Horrible situation. Still leads to double the amount of people watching that game that watch game one of the NBA Finals. Right. I mean, and all the people watching the NBA Finals will tell you that our sport is dying. And to those no, people, I say. You're an idiot. And, and then all they'll do is show us impressions from Twitter. And we're like, I don't care. Please, <laughs> please get it out of my face. Did you not see what Avenatti said? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> but what about the illegal streams take? <laughs> I don't get oh, it. Oh, my God. No, um, I'm excited. This is going to be a great season. Uh, the SEC, by the way, I want to shout out the SEC. I, oh, I, yeah. think, I, I think the SEC is going to be an awesome, awesome league to follow next year. And I, for the first time in my life, I'm genuinely excited to watch like all SEC basketball, not just yeah. Arkansas, usually, Alabama, a lot of good teams. Uh, Kentucky's going to be better. Tennessee's going to be good. LSU, yep. is, LSU has entered, in my, for me, LSU has entered that uh, – the 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 area whatever you want to call it that uh it doesn't matter how good they are i'm going to pay attention Mm -hmm. to them lsu and auburn both i think they both have Mm -hmm. entered that that threshold of like it doesn't matter how good or bad you are you you Mm -hmm. matter to me you're relevant so (laughs) um but i think they're both should be pretty good the sec is going to be awesome i'm I'm gonna like florida is interesting florida uh, what what is is florida even like a top six team in the sec and they're they're for the longest time it was kentucky and florida and everyone else Man, it's good. It's That's good. Great. That's great. Yeah. Baylor's going to be good, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Myers say, back. Yeah, we we can't uh, disrespect Baylor after what they did last year to Gonzaga because I think 
we all understand Scott Drew is now officially a good coach. And like you said, they have talent coming back. Um, they've been in the transfer portal as they always are. So Baylor's a team we got to, they should just be in the top 10 no matter what. So let's just have them in the top 10. Uh, we're going to take a break, come back and, and maybe do some, some stray thoughts, maybe draft, maybe a little Olympics yeah. talk. I don't know. Maybe talk let's, about the finals. We'll see. Let's do it. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com. That's GEICO.com. Quick break to talk about our friends at First Leaf. Who hasn't been there? You're standing in the wine aisle, staring at the shelves. Do you want a California red or maybe one from Oregon? Something organic, maybe just the one with the really nice label. This is this is me every time I shop for wine. This was me on uh, my vacation to Napa that I kind of talked about on the show where uh, I, I thought I knew something about wine, and then I went up there and uh, met a redneck from Indiana with the same last name <laughs> as me, and we just looked at each other and thought, I wish I had a light beer in my hand. Uh, thankfully, <laughs> there's First Leaf, a better way to discover wine at a fraction of the price that you will find in a store. First Leaf is a fully customizable wine club that sends curated boxes of wine that are perfect for you, and they have more award-winning wine than anyone else. With First Leaf, there is no guesswork. That is the worst part about it all. Not about First Leaf. That's the worst part about buying wine. They take out the guesswork. There's no misguided recommendations from an employee who doesn't know what you like, no frustration on your part whatsoever. Each wine shipment is entirely customized to your unique palate and preferences. Unlike big box wine memberships, First Leaf uses a -a one-of-a-kind algorithm and your feedback to curate future wine recommendations the more wine you taste and review the better the shipments get first leaf works directly with the world's best winemakers not only to find the best wines available but to pass the savings on to you saving you up to 60 percent off retail so save time save money and save some stress in your life with first leaf the wine club design with you in mind join today you'll get six bottles of wine for 29.95 that is absolutely insane and free shipping just go to tryfirstleaf.com take that's six bottles of wine 29.95 and free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com take Small changes toward a healthier lifestyle can add up in a big way. Not sure where to begin? Introducing Grove Collaborative. 70% of people say they want to use natural products, but only 2% do. Why, you ask? Because what they sell at the store is from the biggest companies, not necessarily the ones that are best for you. So where do you start? Again, Grove Collaborative. Grove is the online marketplace that delivers healthy home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. Grove Collaborative takes the guesswork out of going green, browse the site for thousands of home, beauty, and personal care products, all guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and most importantly, folks, the planet. With Grove, you don't have to shop multiple stores or search endlessly online to get all the natural goods you need for you and your family. Join over 2 million households who have trusted Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. Making the switch to natural products has never been easier. For a limited time, when our listeners go to grove.co slash Titus, you will get to choose a free gift with your first order of $30 or more, but you have to use the special code Titus. Go to grove.co slash Titus to get your exclusive offer. Again, that's grove.co slash Titus. Birthdays, holidays, promotions, getting that last sprinkle donut. There's a lot in this world worth celebrating, but nothing is worth celebrating more than knowledge, especially knowledge that will pay off, like understanding how compound interest works, knowing how to check your investment professional's background, or figuring out your risk tolerance, or finally understanding all those terms your friends keep throwing around like ETF, ESG, and ICO. Learn about these investment products and more at Investor.gov, your unbiased resource for valuable investment information, tools, and tips. Before you invest, investor.gov. 
back to Titus and Tate. All right, so we touched on guys that are, are coming back to college basketball, Tate. Uh, that means that some guys did not come back. They are staying in the NBA draft. And, and with that in mind, I guess the, the draft pool is now set in stone. That's it. Yes. Is there is there yeah. another way to get in the draft now? I, do, I don't think so. Is that it? I think it's, it is. Yeah. The, the deadline is coming gone. It's just, yeah. <laughs> um, get, 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 get out of the water now. Is that what you're yes. saying? The, yes. The, Please no get longer, out of the pool. Someone has the whistle. Testing. We are not yes. testing waters anymore. Get out of the pool. <laughs> it is time for the adult swim. Um, all right. So what, 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 what interests you about this draft? What I mean, my read on it is there's four guys at the top, right? That Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, uh, Evan Mobley and Jalen green in some order. Cade seems to be the heavy number one. Like that seems to be, it's, it, 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 it's gotten to the point where the one person I've seen that says Kate is not going number one is Jason McIntyre. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, is par for the course. Uh, See, I, I knew that me and you were the only people that saw that. That's why I said yes. that at the top of the show that I've seen Jalen Green as high as number one uh, because you and I, we both wait for McIntyre's we love list because it, yeah. it'll blow our minds every single year. It's like, I even when I think it can't blow my mind, it still blows my mind. I don't want to get people too excited, <laughs> but uh, J-Mac is a Fox colleague of ours and we have i i have through back channels heard rumblings heard oh, rumors man. that i have raised such a stink about j mac not releasing his top 100 college basketball mm. player list anymore because i clowned it so bad that that one year that he had uh clayton custer as number like 11 <laughs> coming into the season <laughs> After the 2018 Final After Four, the 2018 run. Final Four, he so had like good. he had. I think he had Zion, uh, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish for like the top three. Literally no, they were the one, top two, three. three they were one, two, three. That was what and I remember. Clayton Custer was number eleven, and I I must have laughed for an hour straight on a podcast we did. Uh, he stopped doing it, but I have heard through back channel state that my my insistence that J Mac needs to bring that back that he he is considering bringing it back for this Man. this upcoming college basketball season. I'm very excited for it. Um, but anyway, he's got. Who's going to tell him about the transfer portal? He's going to be blown away. <laughs> Nobody tell him anything. Just let his brain go, man. I, I love watching his brain work. Yes. He's going to have Dayron Sharp at like 10th or something. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Walker Kessler, North Carolina yeah. Ford. <laughs> but J-Mac, Dayron Sharp, he, he entered the draft. He's like, yeah, but he wasn't drafted that high. So like he's, that means he can come back, right? Yeah, he can come back. <laughs> no. No. Paolo Banchero is number one. What uh what stands out to you about this draft? What 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 thoughts do you have? We don't have to make this super organized. We're gonna do yeah. more draft shows. We're gonna actually do draft shows. We should say that like moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, we are going to have some of our old friends come on that know more about this shit than we do. Uh, but right now allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. But right now, um, <laughs> what 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 is your read? What is your vibe on on where this draft is headed? Yeah, I mean, I think you said it. I mean, there's four guys at the top. I think that Moses Moody is the big name that I see moving up, um, you know, quite a bit. Uh, Scotty Barnes is another name. A, a lot of point forward conversations uh, that are going to come out of Scotty Barnes. Uh, so I could see him going as high as number five. Kate Cunningham is going to go to Detroit. Troy Weaver loves Kate Cunningham. I think that's pretty much a done deal. I'm excited to see what Houston does. I would love for Houston to draft a big man like Evan Mobley, you know, in the town that had Ralph mm-hmm. Sampson and Akeem Olajuwon. 
to get him there. That would be really cool. Um, I think Steven Silas deserves something after what he went through, leaving Luka Doncic and probably, let's just be upfront about it. If Steven Silas did not take the Rockets job, he probably would be the Dallas Mavericks head coach right now. So mm. the fact that Steven Silas left to go to Houston to try to win a championship with James Harden and then James Harden decided not to come to training camp and to gain 15 pounds and not care about the team anymore. Uh, that kind of screwed him over. So I would love to see Steven Silas get some help there. But my real interesting X factor in this draft is Joe Wieskamp. And uh, <laughs> enough with the top guys. I'm uh, laughing because I agree with you. I'm yeah. laughing because we talked about this on the, was it the last show we did? That, uh, yeah. that, that Wieskamp, I, I just slowly, yeah, I, 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 I've talked myself into Joe Wieskamp should be a lottery pick. <laughs> Based on nothing. Nothing has changed. It's not like I'm, I'm watching him at combines or I'm, I'm talking to scouts or anything. I'm just like yeah. thinking more on it. I'm like, yeah, I think Joe Joe Wieskamp, he's better than Franz Wagner, right? <laughs> exactly. A hundred percent. I could not agree more, especially when you think about the connection to the foe of the program, uh, Moritz Wagner. Uh, so it, it all checks out. Um, shout out to Mo Wagner. We love you. Uh, shout out. But Duncan Robinson is the comp that we get with Joe Wieskamp. But I yeah. think maybe a more athletic, sorry, Duncan, uh, Duncan Robinson. So I, I feel as if, you know, the Luca, Luca Garza is the national player of the year. We all know that. I have seen boards of 60 players where he is not on the 60 list, you know. So there's a chance that the national player of the year, it's happened before, doesn't get drafted in the NBA draft. But his teammate, Joe Wieskamp, I've seen him as high as 24 on a list. That's so crazy. Like, Joe Wieskamp, I, I think, and, and if you look at most of these mocks now, he's like 34, 35, 36, somewhere in that range. I call that the Malcolm Brogdon or the Draymond mm-hmm. Green range, which mm-hmm. is a really, really good spot to get taken. Devontae Graham in that same range as well. So I just love the idea of him being able to go and, and, and become a specialist of some sort. He also is a lot longer on the wing. He's a better defender than most people expect him to be. And I think if you have a second-round pick in that range, you're going to get a winner with Joe Wieskamp. And Iowa... I think Fran McCaffrey expected Joe Wieskamp to come back, right? I think he expected at some level that he was going to get, you know, Jordan Bohannon was like a plus that he was going to come back. Then he started signing autographs and doing stuff, and he probably rolls his, eye, rolls his eyes at that. But he's probably thinking, there's no way I lose Joe Wieskamp. Wieskamp's mm-hmm. got to come back. He's going to be the star of this team. He's going to really blossom this year, and then he'll probably go be a first-round pick. But – there's so much value with him and I see so much upside. And so for me, I'm watching to see where Joe Wieskamp goes and whatever team takes him, I'm all in. And I'm, and I'm hoping it's Orlando. I'm hoping it's the magic because they have a young nucleus, a young core get in there with Cole Anthony and Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter and, uh, and RJ Hampton. I would love to see him go down to Orlando. And like, it's not like it matters down there. So he'll get playing time. And, uh, I just love the idea of of, uh, branding the rebuild, the Orlando Magic rebuild around Joey's camp. I I love that (laughs) idea of of we we, we talk about the rebuild going on in Orlando. Yes. And uh, it's based around Joey's camp. I I think we're in agreement on this, that that we we have become a Joey's camp podcast. And again, the, the funniest part about it is that like I... I liked him well enough in the college basketball season, but like I, I didn't find myself being a Joe Wieskamp fan per se because he, was, no, I, he, he just went about it so quietly. Like Luca, yeah. Luca swallowed so much oxygen or For so sure. much of the, the the attention on that team that it, 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 it you look back on it and you're like, oh my god, Joe Wieskamp shot what from the three point line? <laughs> he did what? <laughs> 
and then the same team that I was, yeah. In the scrimmages, he had 26 and 10, right? So it's not like we're, you know, when he started playing the NBA style game, the pace and space game, in in the world where we all love pace and space, if you give that kid space, and you give him the opportunity to get enough shots up in a game, I think he's going to make a real impact. He, so. Joe Wieskamp would definitely be one guy that would get me fired if I was an NBA GM because I would I would take him <laughs> way too high. Uh, another guy I think I would take way higher than other people, but the, the, this one is not as extreme, is um, Kai Jones of Texas. He's the same oh, way. I that, like Kai I slowly talk myself into mm-hmm. like, should this guy be top five? Yeah, <laughs> should dude, this guy be the fifth pick? One hundred percent. If I had the fifth pick, there's no way I'm taking Scotty Barnes over Kai. I'm just like, I'll, I'll take Kai Jones, and, and then we'll roll with it. And my entire love for Kai Jones, like I, I watched him all season, and he was very up and down. And Texas fans, like it, it depends on. I, I don't. I honestly don't know how Texas fans felt about him this year. Like, and it, I, I, I assume they liked him, but I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if some of them were like, "No, dude, he was so frustrating. He, he couldn't string it." Him and Greg Brown both made me pull out my hair because yeah. I couldn't like ever put it all together. But uh, there was a moment in time at Kansas when Kai Jones comes off the bench. He came off the bench like all season for Texas. Yeah. Um, he comes in the game at Kansas. One of the first times he catches the ball, he dribbles behind his back. He like does a behind the back step back, hits a three. And I remember like just sitting there watching that thinking this man should be the number one pick because I'm yeah. an idiot and all it takes is like one awesome moment. <laughs> and I saw that moment. I was like, that, that is absolutely insane that he just did that. And he comes off the bench for this team. What? Yeah. It's yeah. insane. Um, so put put me down as as uh, I, Kai Jones would get me fired we, too because I we, would. We now know the move to get Mark Titus to believe you should be the number one pick. Obi Toppin did this in the Mount <laughs> yes, Invitational. That's true. That's true. Yes. <laughs> that's that's what move. he did. He did. That's the move. Is you, you you drive right, you do you step back, and as you're stepping back, you dribble behind your back and you hit a three. And if you're taller than like six eight, and you do that, number one yeah. pick. Lock yes, it yes. <laughs> that guy should be the number one pick. <laughs> I love that. Uh, another name, another player that we saw this year that. I want to throw out because I feel like he's been forgotten about Zaire Williams, who Ooh, is, yeah, uh, I, had, I had him written down as a guy yeah, I wanted to talk about. Yes. Right. Good. I mean, this is a guy that I think I said to you when we were in Asheville that he should be the number one pick or I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think you and I just like saying that whoever we see do something great should be the number one pick. At but, least we're honest about it. You know, like, yeah, at least uh, yeah, we'll, we'll show you straight. We'll be like, listen, I, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I know how Kai Jones's game will translate to the next level, but I will tell you, I saw this one play he had at Kansas. Shit was incredible. Yeah, number one pick. Uh, Zaire Williams has all the talent. He's a Sierra Canyon kid. He had all the hype. He goes to Stanford. He's in a COVID year. He has injuries. Um, but you see, like, I feel like if you put him in a San Antonio Spurs situation and a development situation, I think, or even like Boston Celtics situation, I, I could totally see Zaire Williams becoming a star in the NBA. And yeah. I think he has to mature a little bit. Um, I think uh, Teddy Valentine being able to break him showed say, me yeah. that he's a little bit, uh, you know, uh, maybe a little bit, you know, Charmin, uh, you know, to, to lack of a better term, he's a little Charmin soft, maybe. Um, but I, I disagree with that. Teddy Valentine, it, it's, <laughs> I, I see why you would think that, but Teddy Valentine has chewed up and spit out a lot of guys. Yes. And I mean, that's true. I, I think uh, Zaire just needs like a, a sport psychologist to just like sit him down and be like listen teddy valentine is not real life 
<laughs> I mean, you need to wash that out of your system. It's just television. It's just television. It's just TV. It's just TV. <laughs> it's just TV. You got to wash that out of your system. You're a good basketball player. People and forget that Teddy Valentine did that for us. Like he literally he he really did. It was for us, and then came over to us and was like, basically, like got him. He's <laughs> like, you guys see that shit? And we're like, Ted, why would you do that? And he's like, that was pretty tight, wasn't it? And we're like, no, you ruined the poor kid. <laughs> that was a great time. That was a great tournament. Oh my god! No, I, I like Zaire Williams too. The one thing I remember about him from uh, uh, from that again, we're we're basing their entire draft stock off of like one moment in time that we saw from mm-hmm. them. But um, I remember watching him warm up when he was playing a stand when when we was he was in Asheville. Yeah, and I, I just locked in on him and watched him shoot jumpers, and he must have made like forty in a row. It, it was incredible. He, he was like purpose. He got to the point where he was so hot. He was purposely trying to miss because yeah, it was yeah, he's just like and, shooting it up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> he, he's a freshman and this is one of his first games in college and he doesn't know how, how he's supposed to warm up. So he's just like treating it like an AAU warm up. Yep. And he's just, yeah, he's purposely shooting stupid fadeaways and, th- and he was making absolutely everything. And I fell in love with him and I was like, I cannot watch, wait to watch this guy dominate this tournament. And then Teddy Valentine ruined him because he hung on the rim for one half second too long. Yes. So he didn't, tear up his knee more yeah how did he hurt his knee by the way he told us he was like right it was it riding his bike it was riding his bike he felt he like hit like a, a brick that was like you know popped up a little bit on campus or i i always assume bricks are on campuses because i went to carolina but whatever it was was on campus it was like a little you know jutted up jotted out whatever you want to say and then he hit it and then his bike flipped and then he hurt his knee so it was the most like it was the most college. I was going to say these. You know? <laughs> I, I feel like these incidences are are going to uh, th- these incidents are going to disappear now because of name, image, likeness. Now Zaire Williams, <laughs> he's going to be driving a Lambo all over campus. He's <laughs> not going to be riding a bike. <laughs> I think these stories are gone. I think that's it. I think the charm of guys. I think the uh, the college basketball players. They're just like us. They get in bike wrecks because the 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 damn university won't pave over that pothole. <laughs> I think those uh, <laughs> those stories are gone. <laughs> God, I miss anyway. those days. Um, yeah, Zaire is another guy that uh, that I I are are you worried about James Booknight? Um, I'm worried about the hype. Yeah, like just kind of, I don't know. The, the two two guys I had circled, I, I I put I I wrote down as are we worried about them? Are James Booknight and Davion Mitchell? Who, mm. Davion Mitchell's the, the James Booknight is the combine star, so that worries me that um he I I put all my chips in the middle for James Booknight for the NCAA tournament. Like UConn kind of shit the bed, um and he he has kinda. dominated. He's dominated the combine. He 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 is the talk of the NBA, the the workout season, whatever this is, the draft evaluation period. Everybody seems to love James Booknight. Uh, meanwhile, Davion Mitchell is is has absolutely exploded because of his NCAA tournament run. He's been a great college player his entire career, basically. Um, yep. But I remember looking. I remember I went on uh, Duncan Robinson's podcast, and he asked me to to. Uh, the, 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 the final question he asked me, Tate, was like, name one guy who will probably not go in the first round that you believe will stick around in the NBA. Or the, I, he worded it something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, And my yeah, answer yeah. was Davion Mitchell. So I said, I love watching this kid at Baylor. I, I see him, you know, being a second-round pick and sticking around. Like, this was... <laughs> now, he's a, now he's a seventh pick in the now draft. Now he's the seventh yeah. pick in the NBA draft. And it worries <laughs> me that, like, I don't think Davion Mitchell changed that much as to who he is as a basketball player. I just think he did it on a bigger stage if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And I'm worried that he is, he is the, the I, I'm worried about the NCAA tournament run 
artificially inflating him. I, I love Davion Mitchell. Don't get me wrong, but I'm worried that like, he's just going to keep getting pushed and he's going to end up being taken like, yeah, sixth overall. Yeah. And that feels way too high. Yeah, I think the per well, I first off, Davion Mitchell, at least to me, he has staying power because he can be like a Marcus Smart and he can have like the defensive side of, you mm-hmm. know, his his game kind of carry the weight for him, at least early on in his career. Like I, I'm actually more inclined to believe in him, even though if you take him at seven, I think that might be a little bit high, but I, I at least believe that he's gonna be able to add value to your team. The guys that scare me are the book knights, which is if this guy is this guy at best could be like a Monte Ellis, but like, you know, we're we're really giving up something on the other end with him probably. So I that that to me would be a stretch. That would be a stretch for me to take. And the other guy that really worries me, you talk about being on a national stage and getting that boost is Corey Kispert. I Mm. I am very you know, I like Corey Kispert a lot. I hope that he has, you know, a Joe Harris. I've seen him compared to Joe Harris. That'd be great if he has a career like that. Um, that would be great because he came on our show. He's an awesome kid. But number 10 in the NBA draft, when a guy like Kai Jones is on the board, mm-hmm. I, you know, that would be egregious to me if I were a GM. It's like I'm taking Kai Jones in that situation or Scotty Barnes if he were on the board in that situation. There's no way you're going to talk me into Corey Kispert there. And I do think that he is the one that I really worry about being a lottery pick that is kind of like, wow, I can't believe this guy went number eight, number nine, number 10, number 11. And let me just say, if he goes number 11 to the Hornets, I am going to fall out of my chair. I I can't have that happen. (laughs) The Pacers and the Hornets are both fighting on the phones right now for Corey Kispert. I'm with you uh, on Davion Mitchell. I, I think he will be fine, and 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 because as you said, he he plays incredible. Deep. He's also a great athlete. I think he's like yeah. slightly undersized. He's he's like two inches shorter than you want him to be, but yeah, he's an insane athlete. Makes up for it, you know. Um, I think he's which, probably listed at six three, right? But he's probably six two. That's kind of how yeah. I feel. But you but you wish he was six five. I wish you in my mind he's six five, and he's he's like a, a yeah a bulldog on the way. He can guard anybody and um. And he can, but like, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to be fine. It's just like anytime guys, I, I, I don't know. Shabazz Napier just kind of ruined it for me. Like, like <laughs> Shabazz Napier goes on the run in 2014 and then LeBron's like, we must draft this kid. And the heat, the heat say, okay, we'll draft him. And then LeBron says, I'm out. Um, I, I, I get worried about guys that just basically explode on the NCAA tournament. I, who, who are there other exits? Carson Edwards went second round though, didn't he? Yeah. 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 I mean, it, nowadays, Shinzo, I guess would be another one that, like kind of exp- he, but he's not bad so i was know. gonna say but the bucks he's missing not bad at all. desperately yeah, right yeah. now yeah so i guess i don't have to be worried about it i, I don't just worry don't, about i don't it. want da- i don't want davion mitchell to be ruined basically is what i'm trying to get at that's the point i'm trying to make here is that i think he's awesome i loved watching him all season i loved certainly watching him in the state tournament my fear is that uh i don't think he's good enough to like be taken super high and build your franchise around him and i'm worried that, like as more time passes every time i check a mock draft he's he's bumped up like two more spots and I don't, I don't want that to happen. I don't want whoever yeah. drafts him to be like, okay, now we're in business because we we got Davion Mitchell. I want him to mm-hmm. be like kind of a third or fourth. I want him to, I want him to be what like DeAndre Ayton is on the Suns. He's still very, very good. He's still super important, but he's not the guy that that he's the third moving. option. He's the third yeah. option. That's that's the yeah. best case for Davion Mitchell, is it not? Yeah. You know, and yeah, I'm well, absolutely. I'm just worried. I'm worried about well, my guy. But as you say all this, I will say if I were a team and I needed a guard, Macy Oteague and Jared Butler would be on my list. You know, if I'm talking yes. about value in the second round, those guys are probably going to both be second round picks. 
I mean, that those are the two, especially Jared Butler. I think Jared Butler could be like a, a, a not maybe maybe not a starting guard, but a really good backup point guard for your team that can kind of run the second unit. So if I'm if I have the 41st pick, you know, 45th pick, whatever it is, Macy Oteague, Jared Butler, those are the two guys. I'm Jared Butler out. is he, he's he is the Jalen Brunson mold of just like don't overthink it. Like we've yes. we've watched the guy win and and be awesome it, for all these he years. He gets it. He gets yeah. it. Just 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 draft him. Just yeah. uh, just go Agreed. ahead and draft him. Just uh, yeah. push the button. Hit, yeah, hit the hit the hit, button. Hit the, hit the button. <laughs> just go ahead and do it. Um, <laughs> anything else? Should we wrap it up? Shout outs. Yeah. Close yeah. it. What else? What are you? Is there anything else you want to hit? No, we can we can do shout outs. We can we can start shouting it out. I'll, I'll shout out USA basketball. I have my shirt on right now. Um, I said this to you before the show. This is the quietest USA basketball lead up to an and obviously we didn't have the 2020 Olympics because of the pandemic. So it's the 2020 Olympics that are happening in 2021. I know it's a lot of confusion, but the fact that Kevin Durant, who is the best American basketball player on the planet right now, is playing in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, the big names. Devin Booker, who's in the NBA finals, is going to go join this team as soon as the finals are over with. And they have their first practice. And I swear, I, you know, I saw like a couple, you know, ESPN Sports Center posts about the whole thing, but I've never seen something so quiet. And I love USA basketball. I know Coach K tried to ruin it, but I refuse to let him ruin it. But like USA basketball is the one time that I feel like as a basketball community in America who created the sport, we all come together and we say, we're the best, like actually yes. the best. You know what I mean? Not like the the propaganda, the best, where we actually look at the statistics and we're like number twenty six. Like this is the one time <laughs> that we are actually the best. And I just wanted to, you know, I, I just want America to be all all aboard for USA basketball. You got Jay Wright there. You got Greg Popovich. You got Steve Curry. You got a great staff. All very likable coaches. You got a great team. Very likable team across the board. Bam out of bio getting his first chance with the Olympics. Yeah. I, you know, I think he's probably one of the most likable players in the league. I mentioned Devin Booker before you go down Jeremy Grant, a guy that, I, you know, there's just so many guys that I like on this team. Kevin Durant, I actually really like, especially as a basketball player. So like, I'm excited to see KD. He's never lost with Team USA. He's going to be the leader for the first time. He's always kind of been secondary to LeBron or to Kobe or, you know, mm-hmm. throughout time, he's always had to kind of play second fiddle. So this is the first time he gets to be the guy. So that'll be fun. So I just wanted to say shout out to USA basketball. I'm excited to see what goes down. I I, I am with you. I, I love watching USA basketball um, for all the reasons you mentioned. Number one being that we're the best. We're but actually I, the best. I think I think the problem <laughs> with uh with with the the interest in the USA basketball team is that it's a can't win situation because I think the best thing that has to happen to get people excited is for for us to feel for us as a country to feel like it means something to win the gold medal in basketball because it, it it's expected and it's not only expected it's like it it there it is a disaster it is of, of epic proportions if we do not win the gold medal you know and yeah. so on the one hand the best thing that could happen is that we lose somehow where we're like the rest of the world catches up and they are catching up ish you know like it's it's slowly becoming less and less embarrassing if we lose to other countries um on the one hand, I think that's what we need so we can move forward and be and, and appreciate that winning the gold medal is really hard. And there are other good teams like in 08, the Spanish team, you know, like we, the gold yeah. medal game was awesome. And it was you kind of realize Kobe, Kobe yeah. with the shush at the end. You what kind of realize moment. as you're watching that you're like, wow, there are other countries that could put together good national teams. And um, yeah, the, there's that. But then also, I feel at the same time, if we do lose to one of the if we do lose everyone just panics and says, this is a disaster. We have to fix it. Like, you know, you know what I mean? It, it's like, it, you, you can't win. 
Yeah. Either, either we win it all and it's like ho hum, who cares? That's what we're supposed to do, or we lose and and everyone's like, I, I, this is this is embarrassing. What a disaster. We have to fix this now. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there there is a chance. I see. I see an opportunity for Luka Doncic to really become like like a phenomenon, right? Because if Slovenia plays the USA and Luka like somehow just like manipulates a game with mm-hmm. FIBA rules and is able to just like, you know, I don't even know how it works, but the way he paces out a game, they ended up beating the US. Like Luka will go, like Luka's already shot to the moon. Like, I mean, just listen to pundits talk about him. They're like, is he going to win the MVP go, leading into every season? But if he were to do some, this is the first time Slovenia goes to the Olympics and they qualify. So if they actually had a moment where they stopped the US juggernaut. That is the one like there's interesting wrinkles that are in there, but there's not really teams like you said that you expect to have a real shot. Um, yeah, I know Nico Mannion's one of the most important players for Italy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so like it's kind of that cachet of player that really are the ones that you're looking at. So you're not really worried about them. It's not like Manu Ginobili and the Argentinian team. Um, you know, there's there's none of that, but there is Luca. And Luca is like yes. this own separate entity, and I and I know that he wants to play the U.S. You know what I mean? Like, like Luca wants that moment. He wants that stage, and that is, I find, I think that would be a fun storyline to see, like KD versus Luca trying to both be, you know, the alphas in the basketball world. And uh, I don't know. I, I think it's a lot of fun storylines, and there are no fans there, so it's going to add that this is, other wrinkle yeah. in it where it's like th- there's nothing to lean on. You know what I mean? It's just a basketball game at that point. So. I just I'm say, excited. yeah, I, I think we're just in a no-win situation where it's if, if we win, it's like, ho-hum, we're the USA. We, we're so much better than everybody anyway. And if we yeah. lose, we just have to all pretend like this is stupid and FIBA is stupid. And, it, this is, and we didn't send our best players anyway, and, yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I will but, say 2004... I mean, a lot of people ask me about like 2004 kind of messed me up with with LeBron and with Carmelo and with and with Dwayne Wade, like with that with that group, that age group, because they went and they got just basically embarrassed in Athens, you know, and we had no shooters. We had Larry Brown, love Larry. Shout out to Larry Brown, by the way, going getting the job at Memphis. Uh, but we, it was just like this experience, and like that was one of my formative Olympic experiences. So like, I kind of had this purview of losing. So like when 08 happened, and Kobe is like leading this team, and the team is you know KD and LeBron and Carmelo and Chris Paul. It was amazing. And then 2012, London was kind of the culmination of it all. I was like, man, we're we're really back. And 2016 was kind of a dub honestly even though the team had a lot of fun it was all kind of marred by the KD going to the Warriors mm-hmm. you know story that was kind of the mm-hmm. backdrop of the whole thing and how much is KD hanging out with Clay and Draymond and you know LeBron's not there so I don't know this time around I, I feel like after the world games we got embarrassed when we sent the Boston Celtics team to go play at Team USA which was the dumbest thing they've ever done in the history um, I, I'm excited to see what this iteration looks like and I'm hoping it's like a, a step forward in the right direction I really wanted Steph Curry to play I kind of I, I know he decided not to and opt out in the end I really wanted Paul George to come back and get redemption they were this close to getting Paul George according to people I talked to and he decided to back out last minute so um, you know I, Chris Paul almost was going to play. Like, I just want to see what they look like because I want to fall back in love with USA team USA. And uh, I'm hoping they do it. This I, w- year. I want to fall. I want to fall in love with the idea of us 
taking this seriously, which I think we do now, because I think 04 humbled us in a lot of ways, because I think like the initial fallout of 04 was, this is all bullshit. These rules are bullshit. They called travel <laughs> yeah. on us too much. Like they don't know the real, they don't know the real rules. We know the rules. They don't know the rules. Right. They were called bombing. They were called bombing Yes. And I think we have slowly over time uh, had more of an appreciation for what the Olympics <laughs> is and, and, and the FIBA style of basketball. But um, yeah. That's what I want is I want, which is why when Brad Stevens stepped down and, and we were, we did the, the show talking about that. He steps down from the, the Celtics coaching thing and he's doing whatever the hell he is. He's Danny Ainge. That's his, that's his official job title. Now with the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, I am Danny Ainge. I am Danny Ainge. Uh, I said he should coach USA. That should be his full-time job because I want, I want the guy who's coaching USA. I want the guy who's putting together the USA roster, which I think they do this more now to have some sort of plan, which is why Kevin loves on the team. Cause Kevin love is not one of the, 12 best 13 what, how many guys are on the team 15 13 yeah. whatever it is 15 yeah he's not one of the best 15 american basketball players right now but the, in their mind they were like he fits for what we're trying to do he with the pieces that we have that's what i want as i want i want us to take it seriously in that regard i think we do for the most part i just i don't think the fan support has caught up to that i don't think the interest has caught up to that in the way that like you're watching i i've watched like every single game of the euro uh, soccer tournament, yeah. by the way, yeah. it's coming home as first reported on this show before it started. And <laughs> yeah. you said you're team Croatia and I said, it's coming home. Um, yeah. I watched every single one of those. And every time I watch like something of that magnitude, I, I just get so excited about the idea of cheering for America and something. And obviously that usually happens with the world cup. We did not make the last world cup in soccer, but, uh, <laughs> We, we suck at soccer basketball we do not suck at i wish that like we could be what germany is to soccer like we are that to basketball where we're like still dominant we still wreck everybody but we, there's an appreciation from the the people in this country that like we love beating the shit out of you like we're so much yeah. better than you now suck it yeah. and like you know yeah. and instead there's always like some sort of arrogance i, I think the arrogance that we had in 04 I think that still kind of exists from the fans, from the people of America. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, you're right. You're right. Because we won, th we've won three in a row. Yeah, that's there's the still, problem. Yeah, that's we what just, I mean. We, we just finished a three-peat, and we expect that it will just continue forever. And that's not the case. There and is again, no world where we play Luka in the gold medal game. We play Slovenia, and Luka goes for 58 points. And, and Slovenia beats us in triple overtime. And we look great, but it's just like Luca ascends to another plane of basketball. <laughs> um, and people in this country, basketball fans in this country, are like, damn, hard, hard fought loss for our boys. Luca, you got to tip your cap. No one's saying that. There's nobody no, saying that. Literally, every not. single person is like, how this is inexcusable. How did this happen? Blow it up. Fire everybody. <laughs> fire Popovich. Yeah. I mean, fire, you know, that's the worst part because Popovich was an assistant coach in 04. And so, like, if it does get to the point where Pop loses this year, it all comes full circle when people are like, is Popovich the problem? Yes. Are, are, we, yes. are we sure he's a good coach? <laughs> you and I are like, wait a second. What? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, um, man. Any other shout outs before we go? I think I think that's it that's for me, it. man. Yeah. I, I want to shout out the CBS Sports Classic. They announced today. Oh, uh, yes. Ohio State will play Kentucky. UCLA will play North Carolina. I think this is setting up to be the greatest CBS Sports Classic of all. Every single time... We get really excited about this because our two alma maters are playing in it. But uh, it feels like every single year there's one redheaded stepchild in this event that, like, yes. you, you look around, you're like, oh, it's my the God. red team. <laughs> no, stop it. How dare you? How dare you? We were, need I remind you the last time this event was played, John Calipari called Ohio State. Wait, that's not true. This was two times. The last time this event was played for real with fans yeah. and everything. Yeah. 
John Calipari <laughs> said Ohio State is the best team in the country after we wiped the People floor forget. with Kentucky. So and you and I looked at each other and said, is UCLA dead forever? <laughs> yeah, you see, UCLA will never recover from this. Um, but this year, it's going to be awesome, and we're going to go. We don't know where it is, though, yet, do we? No, it's TBD. No, they yeah, they haven't announced yet, which I find very interesting. Just, but uh, Just announce Vegas and get it over with. That's what I think. Yeah. You know? I think that's what you're gonna do. Send us to Vegas. They're gonna they're gonna end up picking like Atlanta or something. I'm gonna be, or the, New Orleans. I went the one year in New Orleans, and I don't I don't know. It's I mean, not, I'm going regardless because it's yeah. Johnny Juzang versus the Tar Heels, so it's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else is there? I want to shout out uh, Joey Brooks, a friend of the program. Uh, oh yes, he, he just took a job at, at Cal State Fullerton. I believe they just go by Fullerton now, right? Are they just yeah. Fullerton now? He, um, he asked that we come up and, and do a full tour, a Tyson Tate breakdown Fullerton. I told him that we could do that. That's no right. problem. So he's, that, he's, that, that, uh, we're in for that. Assistant coach at Nickel State is, is now at Fullerton. I saw in his announcement on Instagram, he said he's going from L.A. as in Louisiana to L.A. as in Los Angeles. And uh, <laughs> Joey, I'm not sure if you visited Fullerton. It is it's not Los Angeles, but good luck to you, bud. It's close <laughs> enough, he says. <laughs> good luck to you. Uh, finally, it says here that, that Mike Krzyzewski is retiring from the oh, sport man. of basketball as head coach of the Duke Blue Devils and I just want to give him a quick shout out to uh, to Coach K and all the the impact he's had on countless lives and uh, the impact he's had on this sport and and I know that he will be sorely missed so shout out to you Coach K um, we, we hope to do you justice in this farewell tour we hope to give you the shine that you deserve so yeah there's a look a, a three-peat with USA Basketball Coach K did that people forget <laughs> Coach K did that he did <laughs> Uh, we will be back next week. We, we are we are done with vacation. We are officially, we want to say that as well. So we, we have been taking a couple shows off here and there. Um, that, that, that time is over. We are back. We are back to two shows a week. So uh, we, we are happy to be back. We, we hope you enjoy listening to us bullshit about basketball. And uh, <laughs> we'll be back next week. Yeah, we'll talk about the finals. <laughs> Who knows?